Hello everyone and welcome back to the eighth installment for Upload Discussions, where you guys, where I give you guys a uh, update on what we've been working on discussions, as well cover some of the stories posted on discussions.app. And this week we have a very special, uh, two very special guests joining us. That is Fred and Adriana. Fred of Pix EOS and Adriana of Cypherclass. So do you guys want to say hi real quick? Hi there. Thanks for having us on. Hope everybody's safe and well. Hey everyone. It's a great pleasure to be here. Yep. Uh, so that's Brett and Adriana, and also with us on this lovely Sunday is uh, Brian and Paul, my teammates from Novosphere, as well as Jimmy D um, of Uplift Nation and Tribe. So a nice round table, round table of, of guests. I think that's the expression. So yeah. So um, <laughs> let me maybe a little too formal. So Fred, uh, you, this is not your first time on the show. Uh, I think last time we talked, you guys was just releasing the RK. Uh, now this time, you guys are releasing a new project. So why don't we jump into that right away? Sure. Yeah, we just launched um, our flagship uh, products that gave us a lot of headaches to get to the stage we are now because um, I would say it's the first professional art platform on, running on ES. And we're proud to say that out of the Ethereum platforms is the one that is growing like uh, super fast. We launched two weeks ago, uh, roughly. Um, and we have some remarkable milestones already on the, on the platform. It's working seamless so far. Uh, new implementations to come, I would say, every week. So tomorrow we're updating the version of the gallery. Uh, the notifications are coming, so the users they can finally get notified of everything that is uh, going on in the platform. And um, yeah, the NFT standard is evolving, like much more functionalities to come, and uh, our crowd growing. That is awesome to see, both in the art uh, side and the collector side. So it's already a proven uh, great use case going on in ES that we should have a look at. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was just playing around the site. I'm going to edit in a video. Actually, let me share my screen. So who has uh, played with the site here? I mean, obviously, you know, we have Fred, of course. He's probably, like, sleeping on the uh, website as many. Yeah, sleeping, uh, eating, <laughs> and all the rest. Yeah, I mean, I, could, I, could, I feel your pain, brother. Like, you just want to make sure everything works well. So I'm sharing a video right now on Discord. I think you guys could join on the uh, video. So it's just a, it's just the uh, gallery. So do you want to walk us through a little bit of the gallery, and some piece of it, pieces of it? Sure. So yeah, what's uh, what's important to to say? Like we try to put together a marketplace um, with a very very user friendly interface. Uh, and to be evolved to welcome any crypto or non-crypto user to interact with it. This is just the beginning, so if you go through registration, it's pretty um, standard registration with an email. Uh, why the email? Because like you're dealing with an art platform. You need to be notified of the bids you make when you are outbidded, uh, if the artwork you were bidding was sold, if a new artwork was published. So there's no other way. Um, to seamlessly connect and deal with the with the artists and the and the collectors. Um, 
How many how many artists do you guys have on the platform at the moment? Uh, I, I'll be honest that I didn't count yet. We're already reaching the 170 users milestone, including artists and um, and collectors and users in general. So this in 15 days with pure organic promotion. We not even had time to write a proper post-launch article yet. We're working on it. Oh. So it's pure uh, organic mouth-to-mouth uh, promotion. Very nice, in artists, very nice. I would say that we have over probably 30 artists in the, already publishing the in the platform with some not like very, very important uh, crypto artists out there and trendsetters like Robness and Max Osiris. They already mm-hmm. published. Max Osiris sent, sold already his first um, EOS uh, tokenized artwork. That is quite remarkable because he, he always sold in Ethereum. And it's someone quite respected in the, in the crypto art scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I just, don't. Sorry, go ahead, Jim. No, I, was, I was just going to say, just you know, scrolling or looking through the site. Um, what I like about it is there's just so many um, different types of artwork, like so many different genres, um, that so many different styles. It's it's really cool. Um, very different from if you were to walk into an art gallery and you have to go floor by throw floor through genre by genre but it's just it's a really cool place to just go and you know um scroll around i think yeah we try to like bring diversity to the gallery so we're trying to have a very very diverse uh, set of artists and artworks there um very soon you have all search system you know like Many people, they see this as just a website, but there are so many components that are part of like a professional online art gallery that uh, we will need to launch them step by step. There's a lot of testing needed. There's a lot of um, suggestions that we have both from the users and the artists that we are implementing. So very soon you have a way to search by style, by artist, by you name it, uh, by tags. So yeah, this is coming to make life uh, people's life easy on navigating the, the website and just like to you asked about how many artists we have we have 56 registered artists already in the platform in uh, two weeks nice, very nice and uh, i mean i tried a bit for a piece of artwork uh, i think it was before it was ready so my bit got rejected but yeah i know i think it's really cool um nft right being um, able to own a piece of digital art on the blockchain is something quite interesting i think quite new so yeah but uh you have a close collaborator in this and that's adriana so i want to bring her into the fold so adriana um uh, yeah like uh, how did you find fred how did you get involved with this uh, pixel eos eos project yeah um so cypher glass is one of the founding eos block producers and we were established in may of 2018 um, and back when we got involved with the EOS community, we already had our eyes on Pixios with some of the announcements mm-hmm. that were coming out and projects that we had been really interested in. And so, um, you know, Ben, who is our now our marketing advisor, reached out to Fred and actually asked them if they were looking for any strategic partnerships. And they were. Um, and, you know, we kind of joined forces um, way back in the day when they were first getting started and we kind of contributed to uh, some of the marketing and business development opportunities that we saw for them and you know just 
contributed ideas and brainstormed and helped these guys bounce some ideas around. And I think when you're a project owner in this space, that's a really valuable tool because you get so close to your baby and then you need outside perspectives to kind of help you know, steer the overall message and tone of the project. And we've been able to do that uh, back and forth with each other, not just, um, you know, Pixius, but with Cypher Glass as a block producer. So I think it's been a really valuable relationship that's kind of uh, grown over time. And it's been really awesome to watch these guys grow up right in front of our eyes. I mean, we were around when they first launched the Pixel Gallery and, and the token things were coming out. And um, there was a lot of buzz. And we've learned so much from these guys um, as a use case, you know, other dApps and other NFT projects are going to be able to succeed much faster because these guys have really laid the groundwork. So I'm really, really proud of this team and this project. And we wouldn't be here if it would, wasn't Cypherglass. So I'm really, really thankful um, for all the support and even strength because it's not like, it's not easy. It's almost one year and a half that we've been in this uh, route. Um, and a lot of people guess, and a lot of people don't understand what is behind this kind of product, and like how much research and how many how many failures that we needed to go through in this almost one year and a half to learn uh, the ideal business model and to have a robust platform and to understand the community and to understand like where we need to head and look to succeed uh, long term. And I think we evolved greatly also. Thankfully, to 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 Cypherglass and other partnerships that we had, and people that they held our hands in the beginning, they seen they got to know the team. They seen that like we're serious, we're building, we're working very hard for this. And uh, right now is the result. And uh, you can just like follow us on Twitter and see the buzz around the the platform and like uh, artists joining ES and uh, users joining ES just because of the ES um, NFT marketplace. And this is very, very important that, that we understand, we look out, and we can keep this going and sustain that. I think it's the first use case where I see so many people um, from other blockchain leaving a bit behind their tribalism to look into a platform that is actually super cool. And, uh, and that is evolving every day. We're improving every day. We're looking at the other platforms. We're trying to solve all the problems that we find out there. Uh, it's super early for us, so the, there's so much more to come on the Pixies Gallery. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it sounds like you guys um, work very closely. Adriana, did you have something you want to add? No, I mean, Fred's, Fred's really on to something when he says, you know, there's an aspect of both of our jobs, whether you're, you know, as a founder, as a project owner, me as a block producer, and as a DAP project developer, um, I think there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that people don't uh, see or necessarily understand. And he's mm -hmm. right, it can be really difficult to kind of face all of the consistent criticism, and some of it is not constructive. So I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, Quite anyone who's yeah, in this space, right. Yeah, and I think anybody that's still in the game at this point, whether it's EOS or blockchain in general, uh, really deserves a pat on the back because it's a really um, it's a really tough road. It's it's not always paved with thank yous and oh my goshes and always oh, see that hard work. So um, I think it's really nice to just have a, a partner in this, you know, a, a professional partner that we can lean on for that kind of um, validation and constructive criticism. And I think, um, you know, there's so many of us in the EOS space, whether we're block producers or project owners, 
um, who who act as you know consulting departments, and we kind of lend mm-hmm. our skill sets to each other. And it is nice; it's really created some camaraderie. And I think uh, the last two years of you know being forged through fire has really produced some really strong projects, and Pixios is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess like. Um... I think that's an aspect of a the value of having a BP that most people may not notice, which is as a project like discussions, we reach out to you know Yes Nation to cover stories or you know reach out to ask them about different projects, and it's all been super supportive. And it sounds like you know you are do Cypherglass is doing the same for uh, Pix EOS. So I think that's again like that's one aspect of this DPOS model that maybe it doesn't get highlighted as much. Right, right, definitely. And you guys do a really great job of shining light on things that I think uh, deserve to have, you know, deserve to be seen and heard. So uh, kudos to you guys, because I think it takes these kinds of projects like discussion to, you know, keep a historical outlook on things to see where we came from. Because I know in a few years, we're going to really enjoy looking back at this content and saying, you remember when our projects were just starting out or remember when they were growing here, remember we were going through those challenges. I think it's important to document all this stuff. So you guys should give yourselves a pat on the back. Oh, thank you. And thank you. Pat, pat, pat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, coming coming off of the back of that, um, just listening to you guys talk, I, I remember um, when Pixios launched, uh, I remember watching an interview with Fred and a bunch of other projects. and. I think like if you look at the site now, it's come uh, such you know a long way, and um, I what what was it you said, Adrian? A for, forged in the forged in the fire, yeah, forged forged in the fire. I think I think you just um, I think you just titled your uh, your release article uh, right there. <laughs> um, but if you if you look back like on um, where, where, you know, Pixios and, and the, the historical kind of process towards getting this, you know, full up and running digital gallery going, um, in the grand scheme of things is moved quite fast. I mean, from where, mm-hmm. you know, digital art has started and, and where it's gotten to now with, with the release of, of this digital art gallery. I mean, it's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. it's just too bad that a lot of times in this space, um, so many people, they just want a finished product, something that's done right away. And and I think it kind of overshadows uh, a lot of good projects in a bad way because, um, you know, blockchain is a is a building space. I mean, it's a it's a new frontier. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. You're touching the very forefront of so much, so you know, so much emerging tech when you're dealing with, with blockchain and crypto. So, yeah, you're definitely right. Yeah, and um, what I think most of us we don't think about it, this is a um, it's a lab. No one have has any anything figured uh, blockchain development wise. All of us are trying to build a business uh, in a completely new technology in a completely new um, uh, ecosystem, and including mm-hmm. including supporters, including clientele. So. Um, you're always experimenting and we we fell many times we tried to put out like a game center our first approach to it and that we loved because like also inspired by 
the Pixel Master and the Million Dollar Page uh, that came before them um, was how we can improve that and how we can like finally put uh, arts and gaming together and have a tokenization that uh, makes sense, right? Um, and we tried it many times. We wanted also to put out like a project very quick. Our canvas. I have no idea how long Pixel Master was developing before launching the canvas, but we practically coded the whole tokenized canvas that was not done before in history because you had the tokenization with the native token of the blockchain, but you didn't have a collateral token of the platform connected with the with the economy, right? So um, we practically done it in two months and people they like were pushing because of delays but because like i am like super hysterical when it comes to delivery and uh, and i pushed very hard our developers and our team to have it out as soon as possible it was the same with the game center and um what i learned through all this process is that there is much more research and investigation needed to come out with a robust product and i think we finally made it i think the gallery has a lot of like um, potential uh, and grow and scalability the gallery doesn't stop there and we can go through a little bit of like the upcoming implementations after the gallery and what we've been um, doing business development wise to make this marketplace the most accessible for everyone and the most complete uh, ecosystem for artists and i'm not only talking about the digital artwork and I can also explain a little bit what the NFT means for the digital artwork because I think a lot of people, they have uh, questions about it. Like I'll just buy um, a piece of digital artwork and like what I'm actually buying. It's an image that I can copy, I can store, I can like find it anywhere, right? Um, there's a reason. Actually, yeah, yeah. Let's get into that. Um, with the NFT, um, I think it's a great entry point and there's a lot of companies that are doing NFT also on Eon. Have, like, have you guys look at looked at them or like reach out to them to see if there's any collaboration to see what they're doing technologically? Is something with, that's new and interesting? With whom? I didn't. I didn't get. Yeah, I mean, I think part of like part of the part of what I was talking about, you know, a little while ago, when it's like, well, there's these different departments, and you know, some block producers have certain skill sets, others have have different core competencies. Um, it's been really interesting working with some of these projects, and I think a marker of a good block producer or even community participant is, um, you know, helping out your neighbor, helping out um, these projects. And so it's been interesting to maybe leverage all of our different networks and um, core competencies to get these projects where, you know, we want to see them go. And one of the uh, partnerships we were able to leverage successfully for Pixius was the Threadless. Uh, partnership. So, um, and I can oh, let the um, what partnership? Threadless. I can actually let um, Fred tell you a little bit more about that. Ah, Threadless. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I mean, yeah. Tell, tell again. I'll step in later. Oh no! I, I you know, it was just kind of expanding on answering his question and saying, I think we're all kind of doing our best to push these partnerships forward. And that's part of the hard work that goes into these things that maybe isn't seen as much. Um, and, and NFTs right now, I think are one of the hottest topics in technology, not even just blockchain or crypto. You're even seeing people like uh, Gary V having live discussions about NFTs and especially the, the top. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, he does the, you know, the Gary, 
Gary V and T every day at about 9 a.m. Eastern, I think. And um, some of the topics have been about NFTs. And I've been able to successfully have chit chats on these on these um, morning calls about you know wax and the top partnership that just recently came out where you know they're going to start putting the top baseball cards and limited collectibles on these these NFTs utilizing the wax blockchain. So I think there's all of this underground development, and I think when you're in tech, you definitely hear about it. But um, I think when you're out of tech, you really just end up using these systems and not knowing that they're blockchain at all. You know, there's going to be a whole bunch of people that end up using these uh, NFTs and they're never going to know what it is. They're just going to trust it. So it's really interesting because a lot of time technology, we just skip over that part and people just use it. It just becomes the norm. I think, again, like I think one of the challenges right now is the onboarding process, right? And I, and I noticed that PixEOS, you guys kind of have your own um account system now where you just log in with email or like twitter yeah we're working like our uh, ideal and this will take a couple of months maybe mm -hmm. to happen is to make it as seamless as possible because our goal like we have already the crypto crowd that we're dealing with now onboarding them helping them to get acquainted with eos first um and we have a lot of people coming from other platforms, from other blockchains, because there is nothing uh, on any EOS.io platform uh, with established artists already selling artists, okay. right? Where, so, are you, uh, first, where are you stealing these artists from? Is it mostly from the Ethereum community? Um, yeah, no, Ethereum right now is the, like I would say that it's the blockchain with more art in the world. So there are several platforms that are transacting hundreds of thousands of dollars of artworks. So uh, it's already yeah. busy there. Um, what is the what's the biggest project like NFT project on Ethereum? Are you? Uh, I think there are three big, two very big competitors: is Super Rare and OpenSea, and then okay. second line Maker's Place, Rarible. There's a bunch of projects right now in Ethereum for different different kinds of arts. Um, some they are more permissible. Some they are more, uh, let's say. Um, Restricted, restrictive uh, with the kind of art that they offer or they allow in the platforms. And we, we want to be a little bit a mix of everything. So offer space a little bit for trash art, for cypherpunk art, for traditional artworks, drawings and uh, fashion arts. Like we have like a very, very nice use case of um, an artist that was a completely non-crypto, very young artist from Germany um, that approached us on um, on Instagram and uh, we onboarded her she just got on board last week she never touched uh, crypto before and she already sold two artworks in the platform so oh, it's also opening the way for a like mainstream adoption right now it's not that easy and seamless but like one thing that people think in crypto because they are very used to be waiting for things to happen for the token to pump um, there's no mainstream projects social arts whatever it is published online that didn't grow up with a very solid initial base uh in their community so facebook they needed to have a very large um community in the beginning in ambassadors uh, spreading the word around so mm -hmm. when we understand that that like okay these dudes they're here for one year and a half and finally something came out let's have a look at it let's open an account let's try to see what's going on there right mm -hmm. and uh, we're lacking a lot of like at least like a, a little bit of interest 
curiosity about what is coming out and like how it evolved comparing with the many other devs and many other projects out there with something that is touching the real world like so deeply and uh, we'll have the digitals coming to the platform so very soon we'll have physical artworks with blockchain provenance in the pixels gallery we'll have our own art collectibles in the gallery who's acquainted for someone example. be able to order that like and have it shipped by mail like is that something oh no are you guys talking or are you guys no yeah yeah that's a very complicated development process so oh. it will go through time uh, it's not something that we'll just publish the ships for everyone to buy because our content is curated this is an art gallery it's not that everyone that paints a painting can publish in the gallery so we already have a very very well studied uh, business development for the physical artworks uh, in introduction and it will go side by side with the advancement of the digital uh, artworks technology mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, basically, ultimately, people they will buy a ship online. They will stick to their artwork and they will create their certificate of, prov of, of provenance, uh, immutable and immortalized in blockchain. Mm -hmm. That that's the ultimate goal. But to get there, there's a bunch to happen still. Adrian, you want to chip in? Oh no, I was. He was actually just answered what I was about to ask. So <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Wait, what did you? Uh, what did you want to ask? I just kind of wanted to ask about how the certificate certificate process worked and he answered it perfectly so you know really didn't leave any room for the questions gotcha gotcha <laughs> uh yeah i mean uh i don't know i'm i'm still trying to wrap my head around this nft stuff to be honest with you guys um for me maybe it's that like one college course i had in university but the, the, mm -hmm. <laughs> i just think it would be a very interesting idea to um kind of put a license on your art and sell how many times you could use that license as like NFT. I'm not sure if that even makes sense, but uh... yeah, that's already that's already predicted and coded. Like our NFT contracts oh, so... on D goods, uh, very oh, okay. soon. I would say to the to the end of the month, you'll be able to um, issue limited editions. So you have these artwork, but these artwork is backed by ten limited editions that represent that. And I would like to explain a little bit how things work in the real art world because people, they have a lot of questions because maybe they don't understand. It's a very com complicated, uh, let's say, universe. Um, why an NFT? Uh, what the NFT means for digital artwork is the same as you have a Matisse. I don't know if you are familiar with art, but Matisse is a very famous uh, painter. Uh, if you don't have a certificate of provenance in paper, a Matisse painting means nothing. You can sell 200 copies on eBay for 500 bucks. It doesn't mean that that uh, edition that you're buying, that frame with the painting you're buying, that can look exactly like an original Matisse or Picasso or Dali or Da Vinci or you name it, it's original. So you need to have a provenance on that artwork. Provenance in the real art world, it's something like very complicated. Uh, it's something very, very difficult to track, mainly when those when you're talking about ancient artworks and old artworks, right? So anything that you buy on eBay makes amazing, but if it's from a famous artist, you need a certificate of provenance. You need a paper in your hands, signed and stamped by an official institution, foundation, the artist's family, you name it, that proves that you own that artwork, right? And it's exactly the same with the digital artwork. You create a digital artwork, if you have the NFT, you have the proof that you own that artwork 
It doesn't matter how many times it's reproduced. It doesn't matter how many times it's displayed. You are the owner of that artwork. As time goes, and it's already happening a lot in, in, on Ethereum, um, digital artwork, they have value. You have digital artworks in, uh, in Ethereum for thousands of Ethereums for one artwork. We have artists that are in our platform. Or do you think there's like a, I don't know, I feel like the EDM community is like, I wouldn't say a different audience, but do you think there's that appetite, appetite within the EOS community to, um, to again, what's the word, to, to purchase these NFT? Like how many, how many artworks uh, have been so on the galleries? Yeah, the appetite doesn't need to be in the ES uh, community. Like we're building um, a gallery in a network or um, a blockchain. We believe that offers long term or medium term the technology that we need to have first the fastest gallery out there. In the Pixies gallery, you can go to any any gallery out there. Everything is somehow connected with the blockchain, and you will never be three minutes waiting for an artwork to load if your internet is decent. And in the other art uh, galleries out there, there are some works that are like three to four minutes to wait for the, the artwork to, to load. So what we're doing here is to looking at mainstream platforms like uh, DeviantArt, Redbubble, Behance, uh, that they are uh, actually already deal with digital artworks, and we will create the system to monetize it. So the ES community and blockchain community is only the first layer for us at the stage because we are all in beta um, stage and there is so much still to deploy. There's so much that we still need to do marketing-wise, media-wise for the gallery. We want to have prominent artists. We want to have as many um, mainstream non-crypto artists onboarding in the gallery and as many use cases as we can. And um, the, the destination of this gallery is to be an online gallery that utilizes um, blockchain technology as a, um, let's say, part of the whole tech involved into the, the product. So, so that's the goal of uh, Pixie. So just, just to clarify and, and take a step back, because I think you, there's a lot of uh, information um, in that. Uh, explanation that you just gave. So Pix EOS will operate on on two uh, very different levels, in a sense. I mean, there there will be the digital art, but there will also be uh, the blockchain facet that that backs real world art. Is is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So I I think that's where maybe um, some people get really confused because like on the on the digital art side, you know, I think that applies to a lot of people who are into technology, who are into um, blockchain and things like that. But I think um, a, a really important point is, uh, like you said, when you own a piece of uh, artwork, you know, you essentially you own the papers to say that you own that piece of artwork, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, when when you when you take those papers and you put them on the blockchain. I mean, on mm -hmm. something that's immutable, that's unchangeable, that essentially can't be lost uh, in a fire or a natural disaster. Exactly. I mean, that really that that really brings a whole new element to uh, what already exists in the in the physical artwork. Exactly, and that's um, and that's why we're keeping uh, many people. They ask us, "Will be will you become a DAO, or will you decentralize everything?" Um, and the answer stage is no. Why? 
because we want people to understand that we're building a supply chain system for artists from now, hopefully for 20 years, 100 years from now. That's actually one of my favorite comments in the whole crypto space, right? Like uh, Jack and I were talking about this the other day a little bit. Um, but like, yeah, will you decentralize everything? No, not everything needs to be decentralized. <laughs> no, not <laughs> everything needs to be decentralized because like first, the artists, they need to eat, right? We're opening yeah. a new opportunity for artists that never monetize their works. And the big example is Stefania from Germany that I have mentioned before. So 23 years old, brand new artists like dealing with the fashion and uh, and um, Hollywood style art um, and all of a sudden she finds out a platform where she can publish their art as collectibles and in two three days she makes 30 bucks right mm. and if she continues to gather collectors because she's already launching a trend that I draw this style of art and uh, I will get these actresses these dresses and I'll create my own collection of uh, special nft collectibles right so we're already giving these artists the opportunity to monetize their their uh, her art from the scratch so she doesn't need to work a lot a lot on promotion she does need to work on being good visually pleasant for the collectors right uh yeah this is one facet uh the facet of supply chain you always know where her artwork was from the beginning when it was created so this will also offer for businesses like museums, uh, foundations, um, the, the starting point for a supply chain. Like museums, they lend artworks to other museums very often. It's, it's a very, very complicated and uh, intricate uh, system. It deals with insurance, it deals with security, it deals with a lot of, a bunch of stuff. So when we talk about supply chain, like people that are used to see supply chain, blockchain used in China for food, um, in Italy for wine. Why? Because you can track from the, like when you harvest the grapes and when you produce the wine, the whole process is block, uh, it's, um, blockchainized, let's say, right? So you can actually prove that that grape was used and those methods were used and that wine was bottled there and that it was labeled there and you're buying an original product with a real provenance, right? Uh, and it's the same for artworks. For example, um, these artists will always have royalties from her art. So if we have a trend, an uptrend on the um, on our NFTs, uh, art NFTs transactions, every time that a collector puts her artwork again for sale, and he may buy it for four years, but she gets to be a little bit more famous and selling each piece for 20 years, he will put it for sale because it's an old edition of a collectible for 25 years, right? So she will always earn royalties from her creations. Yeah, I mean, I think that's... Life. I think that's a really uh, important distinction to make, right? Like um, the artwork itself isn't necessarily decentralized, but the, the, the project, uh, Pixios and, and how you guys are, are going to go about it, essentially uh, decentralizes the economy of art in general, where actually real artists and real people creating work get paid. That aspect is completely decentralized. It takes the middlemen out. Um, it brings more value to, to exactly. the creators. But at the yep. same time, they still have that uh, protection of, you know, um, having uh, everything 
uh, that is theirs under their owner's rights in, until they sell it or even after they sell it, uh, the royalty rights still belong to them. So I think in that sense, it, it works really well towards creating a decentralized um, economy where the people of value actually get paid for what they're contributing. Exactly. Without, with, without family queros or uh, uh, gallery rights or even like we know that is a very, very vicious industry. So art, uh, it's pretty much uh, governed by the galleries, by some very powerful collectors and by the financial system, right? So from the moment that you create an ecosystem um, that gives that positions the art directly for the collectors and where everything is immortalized in um, the distributed ledger and you can check every transaction, you can see when it was generated, you can have all these metadata um, registered to the artwork. Uh, this shows us the importance of, importance of the NFT, that everyone can see your artwork, but that artwork is yours. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm a little lost. I want to be honest. Uh, NFT is. Um, <laughs> it's, it sounds it's like a, a complicated topic. So. It it's not that it's complicated. I think it's truly that it's um it's being pioneered at this moment. So it's still confusing because honestly, it's just like this world got opened up where there's all these technology products now. Because what was possible, you know three years ago was not, you know, or what's possible today was not possible three years ago. So um, it's like, it takes people like Fred to kind of open Pandora's box and say, well, I've got this, you know, new technology, what can I really make of it? And he's done a great job of um, applying that in the digital art world to create a free market where artists can really take their art and they know they're selling it to people who are trying to buy their art, not make money off of them. And um, it's just such a more fair economy. So you know, to your point earlier of whether, I know a project is or is not decentralized. Well, you know, the question is, does it need to be decentralized or is it in some way, shape or form, maybe the technology isn't as decentralized as people want it to be, but maybe it's creating um, more of a free market and, and a better economy for, for someone. And I think that's the real point of these projects. Right, right. I guess, uh, I guess, I think, NFT as like a technology would be able to allow artists to monitor their artwork in ways that maybe was only reserved for traditional galleries. I think uh, that might be kind of like a barrier that's been lowered because again, like before um, token contracts, right? Issuing a token, issuing your own token of any kind is incredibly difficult, right? You have to be like a multinational public company mm -hmm. but now with smart contracts you could do some, the same things so the way i see nft whereas the traditional licensing and collectible verification providence um infrastructures were only available to big name galleries like auction you know the, the auctioning millions of dollars worth of artwork now that could be scaled down and it could be accessible for the average artist I think that's very, very powerful. I, I, I'm not sure that like that's what Fred thought about it, uh, but that's how I saw NFT picks it as one that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's uh, the idea to grow like 
slowly but steadily and implementing more technology for the artists to like really believe and see that the platform is um, useful for them. So we have a lot of things uh, down the line that will come, including AI. We have and already been trained for for uh, several months, and we already have a great GAN that will in the future be able to verify the artist style, the artist color, the artist traces, and to tell the artist like how close to original their artwork is, both artists and collectors. So um, I think there's a lot down the line for this platform that no one has implemented before, and then um, we have developed through this year and a half. And, the vision of, of of a product that we know that will solve a bunch of problems of the art world uh, today. Yeah, agree, agree. Uh, well, I don't think we even gotten to us on the post, but that's okay. Again, those are kind of recommendations. So I don't know. I I think well, I want to end. Um, like, how do you guys see the EOS space developing in the future? We have, you know, one from the pro uh, perspective of a project that is operating on EOS. You know, discussion is a project operating on EOS as well, but it's also, it's, you know, we know what we think about EOS as a platform. And then we have another perspective from Adriana, which is as a maintainer of the platform. So why don't you go first, Fred? Like, building on EOS, how do you see EOS evolving your project? adapting to the evolution of the platform. Yeah, for us, it, it's obvious that like short term, we want to have a very mature um, platform. I mm. think like if we don't grow agnostic, block I think we lost you there, Fred. <laughs> Um, okay, maybe we'll go to Adriana okay. first. <laughs> so Adriana, no looking for to catch up. Yeah, as a top block producer, um, yeah, how, how do you see being evolving and so on and so forth? Um, you know, two years into this project, um, and like I said, forged through fire, I've learned so much about crypto, blockchain, decentralized governance. Um, financial transactions, you know, just all of these things that got jumbled into one. And I mean, when I joined this project, I had anticipated getting rolled. I mean, I knew it was going to be a steep learning curve for me, but I never anticipated the challenges that actually came about from this. And uh, I say that in the best of ways, because um, it, it really is thankless and it is, is an everyday struggle. You have to wake up and find purpose in something that nobody's in control of. I mean, there's no one central authority and people can mm -hmm. say, oh, what well, block one is or block producers are or China is, whatever their their specific perspective and theory offers. And I've got a lot of information flying at me uh, every day. And right now I'm just really proud because one thing I've learned over the last two years is that time is a huge um, metric in the success of a decentralized project. I mean, you really cannot, you really cannot measure the strength or power of a decentralized project um, until it's really had some air underneath it. And now that we've had those two years 
of consistent, um, you know, projects and, and development, I'm really excited about what the next two years hold because we've overcome so many huge challenges. And one of the things that I'm really excited about is maybe the WPS system coming online mm-hmm. and there being a worker mm-hmm. proposal fund um, to to dip into to to provide funding to independent projects. And I think that's really one aspect that will bring even more decentralization into EOS, uh, into the EOS network over the next coming months and years. And I'm really looking forward to it because while this thing really kicked off more centralized than a lot of other crypto and blockchain um, community members wanted, I do think that we get more and more decentralized by the day. I think anytime a new EOS account is created, anytime a new project comes out, um, there's there's even more hope that there's going to be some kind of mass adoption at the end of this tunnel. And for me, there's just such longevity in the fact that Block One has such a big war chest. They've got you know all these different all these different um, you know, projects funded and, and they've, they're going about it in a very clever way. So I'm super excited about what's, what's coming with you. Yeah. I mean, well, you just touch on, I mean, this is one, you touch on WPS, which I think that's obviously B1's voting is huge news. And then, like, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, uh, the ESVC, uh, we didn't really get to get to that, uh, today. Have you, you have provided a lot of insight that, um, I really, really think uh, makes a whole lot of sense because, again, you guys are in a different position as a because and hear a lot of things that maybe the average token holder or even the average project doesn't. So, right. Yeah. Right. And that's the that's one of the um, weaknesses of a decentralized project is that everybody's kind of looking at each other like, do you know what I know? And. And if you know what I know, is that bad? Is that good? Are we competition? Are we friendly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. a lot of relationship establishing to do in a project like this. And it really, um, you know, it really takes a lot of bravery and a lot of, a lot of guts to just put yourself out there and put your ideas out there every day. And I give credit to all of the block producers who can stand up and do that every single day as engineers, as, you know, entrepreneurs. They're just really sticking their ideas out there and seeing if they take. And, um, a lot of times, you know, your values and your morals and your ethics come into play because people are going to question you. They're going to ask why, why this project, why this way. And, um, you know, if you're not prepared for that, it's a really heavy experience. Mm-hmm. I, it's almost like a, a you know, a, a common person paparazzi in a sense. I mean, there's so much going <laughs> on true. behind the scenes with all of these projects and all of these block producers and all of these systems. It doesn't really matter what chain you're on, but, you know, the public always has some criticism of mm-hmm. um, something in the space without truly understanding. Like, I don't know why, but there seems to be this uh, really negative energy a lot of times that comes across as like, um, you know, you're not doing things the way that you should do them or building things out the way that you should be building mm-hmm. them out. Or, or even things like NFTs where people don't really understand the point of it. They look at it and they're just like, you know, why do I need pogs on the blockchain? And it's kind of like, <laughs> well, you don't just, it's not just a pog on it's the blockchain. It's the UK. It's the UK, <laughs> I swear. It's, it's, it's screaming these things repeatedly from the top of my lungs to other people in the crypto space that has, you know, created almost that tribal aspect because I've been in crypto and got involved in crypto back in like 20, 
2014, 2015, and, you know, was a Bitcoin maximalist and really took to Bitcoin and then started learning about other chains and other consensus algorithms and other ways, um, you know, to have a blockchain involved and be distributed. And um, it's funny because I think, I, like I tell my friends all the time, like four years ago, me would punch me in the face now because my version and definition of decentralization and blockchain and what Bitcoin is and the value of it has all evolved and changed because of this process that I've been through. So, um, you know, it's interesting. I think um, I think everybody has their own perspective of this and, and it is kind of a community that regularly likes to call one another out for their views, which is good because it creates anti, you know, an anti-fragile community, but it's also really toxic sometimes. Well, I think it could get and, toxic. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I think from like a developer level, that's great. I mean, if you're, all, if you're constantly being called out and you're constantly having to prove yourself, then that's good. But I think where that toxicity comes in is, you know, people who might not understand this so well, and they just don't want to take the time to learn something new. So, so they, they buckle down, they hunker down, and they hold on to their, their views, which, you know, mm -hmm. um, might even be the projects that they're so adamant about might even be evolving, but they just, you know, decided not to care about evolution or, or how this whole thing is going to play out. And um, right. yeah, that's a rant for a different time, I guess. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Nah. We live that every day. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, we do. I think you know, when you're on this side, like you have like so many supporters in the beginning and like so much hype about it, and then you like take it really seriously. You get passionate about it. You didn't disappear with or 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 bounced from it, and you're working really hard. And when you launch something meaningful, like where's everyone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, where are those guys threatening my life and my health back then if I wouldn't deliver something cool and something that works? And like, hey guys, we delivered. <laughs> where are you now? You want yeah. your friends, you know, you appreciate your friend's support. I appreciate my friend's support, but I know that I know exactly what Fred's talking about, where it's like, you're going to release this thing and everybody's so pumped for you. They're so excited because you're so excited, but maybe they don't really understand what it is. And maybe, you know, maybe they haven't really taken the time, the time to dive into the project. So there is a lot of weak support that comes along with this where uh, I don't know about Fred, but I know I've gotten better at identifying, um, you know, where I'm letting that support in from because it can really take you for a ride if, if you let it. Um, it's not always fun. Yeah. No, it's not fun at all. Yeah, I'm on that. Uh, I know when you launch a seat working, you see that like other communities that they were haters of EAS and like EAS is a scam and EAS will never go anywhere. And then they join the platform and they say like, come on, super this fast. Oh, yeah. there's some super cool things. Like I can delegate resources. I can have a 12 um, characters account without, without going to rent. Uh, a human readable account. So there are so many cool facts about this uh, infrastructure you're working on. The free transactions, they're super fast. Like I cashed out, it was immediately in my account. I could transfer to the exchange and then cash out to have like real money to, tomorrow to go make some shopping, right? So um, there's so many, many good things about uh, what we're doing and how we're doing. And, uh, and it's kind of like sad to see that other communities, they need to come from the outside as haters to tell you how cool your project is when you're like practically being ignored by the whole community. 
Well, I think yeah. blockchain enthusiasts are nothing if they're not a um, migration of haters. I mean, most of us on this call included. I mean, I think everyone's been through a phase of being a maximalist at some point. And, yeah. and I think that's just uh, part of, you know, getting involved in the space. But hopefully, you know, over time, you know, with um, IBC and, and things like this, um, you know, uh, like Jack said earlier, uh, there'll be a point in time where people don't even know that they're using it. And, and they won't even know what blockchain on and and they'll be right. showing up the projects like P pixios in the gallery and it'll be a you know very easy process to log on and create or log on and, and upload or log on and, and purchase artwork and i think that's at, at that time um all of us can kind of you know sit down and relax and think like you know all of those times that we went through previously uh no matter what our situations would have been um, it's all worthwhile now because we did make a difference. Yeah. We did bring something to the world that didn't exist uh, previously. Right. That's the goal from, from your lips, Sam. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> yeah. And I'm on that beautiful, beautiful end note by Jay. Uh, we're going to close out this episode. So I, I just want to thank everybody uh, for coming on again. I want to thank uh, Fred. With, um, I want to um, wish you the best of luck with the gallery launch i heard it's only so you guys have more things coming out uh, more news and where can people find up find out what you're doing stay up to date with you yeah we're pretty much we're pretty much uh, everywhere in social media so you were in uh, on twitter if you look for pixies or eos um, pix you'll find find us there we're always updating information there our telegram group is open our team is like super pro uh, present and super proactive and, uh, and active on helping people. So we've been helping artists and collectors to onboard years uh, on a daily basis. So all of us, we are like permanently attempt uh, and trying to have things sorted um, and explain and educate the communities um, on how to deal with EOS and how to deal with the gallery, how to publish artwork, what is an NFT, uh, mm -hmm. how to solve the problems of the art world and all that. So we're pretty active. For a year and a half, everyone knows where to find us. So in our Telegram group, Pixius, you just need to look for it and you'll find it. And uh, on Twitter, we're updating uh, quite uh, often the, the, whole, the whole thing. And you can see the, the, the shout outs from the artists, what they publish, what they sell, uh, when they sold, how many they sold. So it's been like super, super active Twitter. We're super happy to see what's going on there. Cool. And Adriana, so I, I've been seeing you a lot more on Twitter. I guess Twitter is yeah. the best place to find you, but also yep. Cyberglass got a Twitter account. You guys got a Telegram handle, Telegram group that people go on, newbies, experienced users. Yes, and if anybody is um, you know, interested in working with Cypherglass, or if you're a project cool. that's looking for uh, a little help getting getting your startup or getting your project off the ground, you can always email us at info at cypherglass.com or just go straight onto our website at cypherglass.com to learn more about where to find us. And as you mentioned, you know, Twitter and Telegram are always uh, a great way to get in touch with the Cypherglass team. Awesome, awesome. And my co-host, uh, Jimmy, thank you much, very much for uh, joining this amazing episode. Uh, and I want to thank, sorry, go ahead, Jimmy. No, 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 that's okay. I was going to say thank you. Um. <laughs> well, I think you might have some things to plug too, right? Like Uplift, Uplift Nation just launched, so you want to plug that again? 
let people know. Ah, well, yeah. Um, we, we did just, uh, you know, get our, our educational and our social site off the ground. Uh, if you, if you don't know anything about Uplift Nation, um, we're looking to, uh, basically create a blockchain philanthropy that has, uh, accountability and trustlessness, and there'll be more coming uh, out, uh, from us, um, uh, very soon, actually. Cool. Awesome. And as always, we have our two loyal listeners, my teammates. Uh, I want to thank them for listening. And of course, this is the Up for Discussions podcast. And this whole podcast uh, cannot be created, listened to, consumed without your support and the support of the projects and the blog producers that come on to this show. With that, we see you next week. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one. Thanks, guys.